Yep. I want to go to a comment here. And I think this is a good one. And it's a good question. And why can't, going back to Jared versus why can't first be better? No one's really Johnson. arguing that. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone's really arguing that. But first year, you know, that's a little maybe too much. You know, this is a young guy, like you said, Delu coming from FCS is going to be facing a whole different kind of tier of talent, but is he not competing very well? At least we're only seeing Florida state's offensive line that he's facing and he's doing a very right. good job at facing that. And Jermaine Johnson did the same thing last year. And it's not saying a whole lot. I mean, this is Florida state's offensive line. It's still, still developing and coach Atkins is still trying to get his guys in here, which he is doing in this class. We'll see whenever the summer camp comes and there's going to be three more, hopefully total of three more coming in. But you know, I do think first has a chance, you know, this is so early on. This is a spring camp. Who knows? He could just blow out, blow everybody out of the water this spring and then go into the next scene. But at least from what we're seeing right now, absolutely. He has a high, very, very high ceiling for how young he is. The size, the power, his ability to be a factor in the run game. And we know, already know how fast he can be. I think he is faster than Jermaine Johnson, definitely with speed and going after the passer, which is nice. And I do think he's a little bit more conditioned to be able to play three downs, maybe to whereas Jermaine Johnson was a little bit more limited, but that's where you had Keir Thomas on the other side be able to come in to make those plays. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. In the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I can wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here's the Spear, NoGameDay.com. We are here on an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous Thursday evening here in Tallahassee. Uh, it is spring game weekend officially, and the weather couldn't be any more perfect than what we were outside for earlier today at Florida State's last true, true spring practice before they go hit the field in Dope Campbell Stadium on Saturday at 5 p.m in front of all the fans to see the new transfers, newcomers, early enrollees, quarterbacks, QB2 competition, a lot of good stuff, storylines that we'll talk about later on in the show. Before we get started, let me introduce everybody here with me this evening. d Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor, up above and down below is Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer, who's had a busy day overall, which we'll talk about later on in the show. But, gentlemen... We're here. There's a football game on Saturday, and it just feels good. It feels good to be back in Doak. We were there earlier today, but I'm excited to uh, at least hang out with Dustin. I know, VZ, you're not coming down this year, but I guess I can just hang out with Dustin. I I guess I got Dustin by myself. Thanks. Appreciate it. No hot dogs in the press press box this year. I mean, mean, (laughs) you know, sometimes you just got to go with Dustin, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you got to suffer through it for a little while. I have no choice. I have no choice. So. It's going to be 
probably one of the best days on the website in a while. So I'll just, I'll carry you through another one. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it is. Yeah, so it'll be me, Dustin, and Maddox there uh, this Saturday inside Doe Campbell Stadium. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. We got a little bit of the feel uh, of being inside Doke earlier today, which we'll get into in just a few with the practice wrapping up for the spring. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some overall storylines maybe of the spring. Uh, does Florida State have its next Jermaine Johnson? I am definitely want to have – a little conversation about that. And then for the rest of the podcast, mainly until we get to basketball, we're going to talk spring game preview. There's four coaches involved on this, four former Knowles, including Leroy Butler. He'll have a special ceremony going on there for him. Gene Deckerhoff's last game, he'll be calling storylines heading into the game, things to watch uh, heading into the spring game. And then also who will come away with the MVP uh, trophy on Saturday. And then we're going to run into a little bit of recruiting where Dustin just tells us all. And then VZ is going to give us some basketball latest since it's been a wild day over there for coach Hamilton on that side. So uh, without further ado, everybody hit the like button. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, make sure that you're listening on iTunes, Google play Spotify, if you're on one of those, subscribe there so then you get notified every time that we go live. We go live every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Sometimes we do two pods a week. We probably will do a reaction uh, show or recording for you guys from the spring game. But usually every week we're live on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. If you're on YouTube, make sure you throw in a couple comments. If you want us to talk about some topics, we'll we'll definitely discuss here. Gentlemen, let's jump right into things. And no, Nate is not with us this evening. He's at work. He's been kind of going crazy at work the last month. So we sadly don't have him on here for his crazy takes and saying, calling Dustin really mean things and also me about my legs. So sadly, he won't be with us. And his hate of FSU basketball. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he's really missing out tonight. He's definitely missing out. <laughs> he's not missing out in the group chat. He's missing out here. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's yeah. He's definitely in the group chat making sure VZ knows what's going on. Um, but yeah, let's jump into things. Let's jump into a little bit of practice. And, you know, sadly, I'm the only one there. I wish Maddox could have came on here with us, too, but he canceled on us. He used the regular. My AC isn't working. I got to get the technician kind of excuse tonight just not to come on here. But uh, I guess I'll hold it down just for one more time. I'm hoping. Maybe in the fall, maybe D. Lou will get more uh, to a lot more of these practices. We're hoping so. So it's not just me saying things and then Dustin being like, yeah, I kind of believe you, but I don't know if I believe you. But you have to believe me, Dustin. I'm the only one there representing NG almost on the show. So Florida State, like I said, Tuesday's practice, really rainy, uh, kind of nasty. But I honestly thought it was a really choppy practice. But Norvell talked to us afterwards after it was pouring down rain and said that he really liked the intensity overall from the team. And that was true. I mean, these guys, I think, are getting really tired of seeing each other. D. Lou, you played football in the spring. I did, too. You're facing the same person over and over and over again. And it's starting to get a little chippy. You know, guys get in their face. And you know, I've mentioned Jared Jackson, who had an incredible week of practice, definitely on Tuesday and last Thursday, but really this last Tuesday. With two sacks, had a fumble recovery, I do believe, and was an absolute menace on Florida State's defensive line. And we've talked about it, Dustin, Fabian Lovett, and Robert Cooper. You've got those two guys. You know what you're going to get out of those two. But those mm -hmm. guys behind them, you know, you saw signs from Malcolm Ray last year. You know kind of what you have with Jarrett Jackson. But it seems like Jarrett Jackson's playing on that same kind of caliber level as Fabian Lovett. And that would be huge to see J.J. move into that kind of leadership role, which we saw at the beginning of camp, him emerging to talk – with some of these younger defensive linemen like 
still Joshua Farmer. You've got Lions. You've got Bishop Thomas communicating with them and holding them accountable, making sure they're not slow on drills and making sure they're coming back. Jared Jackson is a guy that I've been very pleased with the last couple of weeks of practices this week, definitely for sure. And he made some plays on Tuesday and he was one of my guys that I put the exclamation point next to. I mean, one of the ones that impressed me. Yeah. And if, if you think about it, if there was one positive that came from uh, Dennis Briggs season ending injury last year, it was that those guys, Jared Jackson, Malcolm Ray, instantly got thrust in the rotation, got more snaps, and you began to see that development throughout the year. And and now, you know, they're both going into another year in the program, another year under Odell and the strength and conditioning program in that defense, and just feeling even more confident coming off what they did in the fall. And it's carried over into the spring. And you've really got to like what Florida State has in that interior. And you're starting to like what you have on, on the outside of those defensive ends. Those guys are starting to develop and Logan, I'm sure you're going to throw some praise Jared versus way. <laughs> yeah, no, the guys do know in the group chat. And I promise I, I try to hold back on the hype stuff. And I did this last year with Tashawn Ward, but it was, I had things to go watch in it. We were able to back it up because we got to see those spring, those, uh, those scrimmages. And, you know, we weren't credentialed then. So all we were basing up off of was just those scrimmages and maybe sources telling us of good things happening. And it ended up being pretty right. I mean, that was Overall, maybe your top running back. I know Deshaun Corbin was your your leading guy there, but overall, maybe most talented is Treshawn Ward. And so now with this spring going on and watching Jared Verse and seeing him up close and personal and the things that he's doing now with the opportunities facing against the ones, facing against the first-team defense, our offense, and seeing him sling some of these guys to the ground and then going after and catching Jordan Travis is extremely impressive to me. I mean, we're not going to just sit here and hype him up. Hype him up. I think he's been on one of my lists like every day. And I, and trust me, I every wish podcast, I was every yeah. text message. Yes. Every picture. I do have some <laughs> more pictures of Jared verse with his shirt off. I'm sure. It, nah, well, crop it's cropped up like uh, Timmy uh-huh. Jernigan did. Yeah. There's yeah. a comment about his weight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the weight will come after spring. Cause I'm going to evaluate that later on. So we'll do, We'll do all that later, but yes, no, but in all serious, no, I mean, I mean, every media outlet has pretty much praised it, but Jared Verse, mm-hmm. I, I think is a guy that going into the spring, you knew he was talented, but you knew he had to jump into that rotation. He, he had to jump up in the depth chart, you know, and early on we saw Leonard Warner get in there. We saw Dennis Briggs get in there. You know, now he's Briggs is more, a little bit limited now in the latter half of the spring than maybe he was earlier. So Verse has been able to jump up and get a chance to face against first-team offensive line. I think he solidified himself going into the fall as a projected starter, in my opinion. The ways that he's not only causing havoc in pass rush, but in the run game, too. I mean, I think I, I shared a video today of him taking on a block there and still plugging the hole and grabbing Lawrence Toa Philly. Those are just the things, the multiple things that, I get to see later on in practice, definitely in red zone where I can't share video. I can't share pictures, which sucks, but I can talk about it or I can write about it, but I can't share that. And luckily today I got, you got to see a little glimpse of how Jared verse is. And you got to see how the defense goes around him to celebrate. And they, they respect him because he's a guy that's making plays. He's his mentality is on a different level. It was really funny to see today. And it's been this way throughout camp, but the different size, and Trashawn Ward and Jared Verse just going at each other. It's pretty funny. It was today we went, we got to have a chance to go inside Doak. Uh, Magnerville actually was pretty funny. He 
we were told ahead of time from Florida State's SIDs that we would be going to Doak, but they kind of tricked us. Norvell was going to start running the goal line situation out there on the practice fields by the IPF. And then right before they snapped the ball, Mike said, let's go to Doak. And so everybody <laughs> just all the whole entire hundreds of people just ran into Doak and they just started going at it. And they had a scoreboard going on and first one to 10, first one to 10 offense, defense. And you had first team, second team, uh, third team get a chance. And throughout all of that, we saw Jared verse getting really chippy. I mean, this is how he kind of is, but he backs it up with his play, but it's been funny to see Treshawn Ward and Jared verse um, competing and talking a lot of trash with one another, because those are two different size guys. It's pretty funny. And Jared verse is looking down on him, flexing and stuff. And Treshawn Ward's up there trying to get in his face. <laughs> but overall today it was, it went all the way to nine, nine tied tie there at the very end. And the defense ended up making uh, the stop there. Steven Dix jr. Plowing through and making the stop on the running back, which was really close for a touchdown, but defense came through and won 10 to nine. So, um, Jared verse, uh, I, I think a lot of people are, are going to be excited to watch him on Saturday. Uh, and we'll see how much playing time he does indeed get. I do think he is going to get a lot of playing time. Um, but it, it's not going to be like some of these younger guys going in the third, fourth quarter. I think fans are really going to like what they see from Jared verse. Cause you lost Jermaine Johnson. You lost Kier Thomas. I think now the biggest question, who's that Kier Thomas over there? Cause I already know what I kind of got with Jared verse. And I, I, I like it. I got, I got to say, I think I like Florida state and Adam Fuller's defense there with Jared verse. Yeah. He's been nothing uh, but impressive since he stepped on campus, whether that was the beginning of off season workouts uh, to now into the spring. And, you know, I thought it was important early on to kind of temper those expectations because obviously Jermaine Johnson came in last year, dominated all the way through. Now he's going to NFL potential top 10 pick. We'll see what happens. And um, Jared Verse coming in, it's just a little – it's a different scenario, you know, moving up from the FCS to the FBS, having three years of eligibility remaining instead of being a graduate transfer um, from the SEC. So just different um, scenarios for those two guys. But two versus credit. I mean, he's just jumped right into things. He's consistently um, day in and day out being one of the, the standout players on the practice field. And like you said, Logan, it's really his passion, you know, his fire for the game that he's bringing to that side of the ball. And really, that was Jermaine Johnson's role last year. You know, whenever he got a big sack, he was out there celebrating, bringing a lot of energy to the defense. And, and it looks like Versch is going to be similar when, when he makes big plays. And if he keeps doing what he's doing, it sounds like he's going to be making a, a lot of them. Yeah, no. And I think, too, with him, like you said, the mentality he brings, I think, is translating over to some of these other defensive linemen like Jared Jackson. Jared Jackson, I never saw him like in the fall camp at practices. He was never like this. And he's more <laughs> kept to himself. Big, big, gigantic guy, but kind of kept to himself. But the last, I'd say, two weeks, someone either pissed him off or, like I said, it's marinating over from Jared Verse because – a lot of those defensive linemen aren't the way that like Jared versus the mentality. I mean, when I say that the dude's kind of a uh, lunatic and I, I, I can tell, you know, Norvell had to go over to, <laughs> for some reason, Norvell had to go over and pull away Jared verse from talking trash to Deshaun Ward, which was pretty funny, but Norvell likes, he, he likes it, but <laughs> it's, it's a different, it's just weird when you, you know, that you, 
the second or third string is out there competing. And but Jared Burst is uh, as close as he can get to the play and is on his tippy toes, just jumping up and down. And then he's flexing at the offensive line. I don't know. It, it's definitely something that makes me feel like it's got that Timmy J. Timmy Jernigan kind of vibe to it. And that's something that's probably why I do like it. And he just believes in himself. And it, it's starting to translate over to that defensive line where Robert Cooper, Fabian Lovett, they're not big talker guys. But like I said, it's starting to change a little bit. And they, they're knowing how dominant they are now, this defensive line. And that I think is going to be maybe that's got to be the strongest group for Florida State heading into after the spring. You know, we'll do a recap of the whole camp and the spring game. But it does seem like right now, Florida State's defensive line in that group is is really causing problems for the offensive line, and you know we'll, we'll talk about that too in a few because Florida State's oh well and might not be at least at this time right now, and it's the spring Lou. But the offensive line, like we talked about going in the spring, we felt pretty good. You know, we were like, okay, the depth's there, solid. You got Kane Lyles coming, in. you got Bless Harris. You know, you're feeling. You're feeling good. Dylan Gibbons looks like he's fully healthy, good to go, and he definitely does look good. But, you know, after you go out of your first string, your depth, you start wondering who is it going to be, who's going to step in and play a, play a role. Because right now, even, you know, second string defensive line is wreaking havoc uh, on that depth on that depth chart behind the first string. So it's a little, it's question marks, but it's also the spring too. A lot of communication goes on in the offensive line too. I do want to mention that. And you, mm-hmm. know, you don't know Darius Washington's uh, uh, availability too. you know, he's, you know, maybe had her tough uh, second scrimmage and we don't know his availability for this upcoming spring game. So you're kind of shuffling some new guys in there, but I do want to mention this is a spring, but you know, there's signs of life there from SDs. You do see that, uh, you know, Lloyd Willis and Rod Orr, they have the size, but it's still understanding technique and communication. I think that's something Coach Atkins is really dialing in on with those two. But, yeah, offensive line. Yeah, definitely not as uh, far along right now as, as you would have hoped coming into the spring, especially with how many guys you had coming back from last year, you know, because you do have some significant experience returning. And you mentioned Darius Washington, Robert Scott, Dylan Gibbons, Marie Smith and getting those two transfers as well who, who have played a, a lot of college football. But it, it hasn't gone as well out of the gates as you would have hoped. At the same time, you, you've, you have had some guys get banged up. But it is disappointing to see the reserves behind those guys. You know, Lloyd Willis, Zane Herring, Thomas Schrader. Those guys, they haven't played a lot of snaps yet. You know, real football snaps during the season, whether that be to them still developing or – dealing with nagging injuries during their careers. You know, Thomas Schrader last year missed the entire season, I believe, with that leg injury that he suffered um, during spring practice. So, you know, you're you're not as far behind depth-wise, and it's going to be important to build some depth in going into the fall. And maybe Florida State as well continues to scour that transfer portal looking for another offensive tackle or an interior lineman whatever the best fit available is just to make sure you do have some depth because, you know, playing 12, 13 games of college football, if you go to a bowl 14, if you go to the conference championship, it really, it's every week, you know, guys are getting beat up, especially down there on the the line positions, OL and DL constant battles, every single play guys are going to get banged up. People are going to have to miss time, whether it's a game, whether it's a half. So you've got to have guys ready to go behind them. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I want to go to a comment here, and I think this is a good one, and it's a good question. Why can't, going back to Jared versus why can't first be better? No one's really arguing that. Yeah, you know, I don't think anyone's really arguing that. But first year, you know, that's a little maybe too much. You know, this is a young guy, like you said, D. Lou, coming from FCS, is going to be facing a whole different kind of tier of talent. But is he not competing very well? At least we're only seeing Florida State's offensive line that he's facing. And he's doing a very good job at facing that. And Jermaine Johnson did the same thing last year. And it's not saying a whole lot. I mean, this is Florida State's offensive line. It's still – still developing and coach Atkins is still trying to get his guys in here, which he is doing in this class. We'll see whenever the summer camp comes and there's going to be three more, hopefully total of three more coming in. But, you know, I do think first has a chance, you know, this is so early on, this is a spring camp. Who knows? He could just blow out, blow everybody out of the water this spring and then go in the next season. But at least from what we're seeing right now, absolutely. He has a high, very, very high ceiling for how young he is. The size, the power, his ability to be a factor in the run game. And we know, already know how fast he can be. I think he is faster than Jermaine Johnson, definitely with speed and the going after the passer, which is nice. And I do think he's a little bit more conditioned to be able to play three downs, maybe to whereas Jermaine Johnson was a little bit more limited, but that's where you had Keir Thomas on the other side be able to come in and make those plays. So that's why I think now the biggest question mark is who's going to be the X factor on the other side of uh, Jared Verse right now, because I kind of feel like we got – uh, what we, what we, what, what uh, Adam Fuller and Odell Hagens, Coach Pap, what they wanted in Jared Verse, you, you got that. You know that was a really high prized transfer. That was one of the top in the country coming into Florida State, and you got what you need there. But you know, DMac, could it be another guy? Could it be Dennis Briggs? Could it be um, Sean Fuller? Could it be Pat Payton, a young guy that's had a really, really solid spring, who's still maybe a little raw, but you see shot, you see really good signs who I think will have a really good spring game on Saturday. That's probably your biggest question mark, right? D Lou to maybe, you know, who's D one, D two and D three is probably, you know, D two, D three. Who's who those guys. Yeah. And that's coming into the spring. You know, we really looked at this defensive end group as maybe a weakness for Florida state. And then instead it's maybe become a strength and whether that's because of, the offensive line struggles or not, you know, it's simply impressive to see some of the progress that some of these younger guys have made, such as Patrick Payton, who you mentioned, and obviously what Jared Verse is doing, having Dennis Briggs now flexed out to a defensive end, getting Leonard Warner back, who who really could end up being a contributor for Florida State this season. I don't think he's a, a starter, but a guy who's in the rotation to help out in certain certain situations. So you really do have five or six guys now that you can toy with in a variety of ways. Some guys are better against the pass. Some guys are better against the run. So you've got an interesting lineup that you can kind of tool and and work with moving into the summer and just continuing to get these guys ready and just pound into them what their roles are going to be heading into the fall. Yeah, so we talked with Robert Scott Jr. on Tuesday, and this is a question from I Wonder here on YouTube. If first is is as good as you have said, which I have no doubt, then won't he make the offensive line better in spots? And absolutely, absolutely. I mean, some of these tackles, you know, you've got Bless, you've got Robert Scott, and we. There was a reporter that asked a, a specific question, saying, "What is it like facing Jared Verse every day?" And you know, is that making you better? And he said, "Yes. I mean, it's making me go back and watch film on NFL guys on how they're handling such speedy defensive ends." And you know, he said, "You know, I'm I'm worried about my own self, and this is spring, and we're still worried about communication on the." offensive line but yes it's it's creating really good competition that 
I think overall, you know, that helps any kind of uh, of team. You want to have battles on both sides of the ball, wide receiver, cornerback, OL, DL. Um, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of room for really good competition this spring, and that and that's happening. And I, that's one thing right off the bat, Coach Norvell has emphasized that that's one he's really pleased with the intensity, the competition. And it feels like the battles are really good, and that's only going to help them going into this upcoming fall. And that's what you call a successful spring. And overall, it feels like, you know, Coach Norvell is never going to go after practice and say that was crappy, that was awful, not like how, you know, Jimbo was, where, you know, he kind of just say it straight up, whatever. But you could just feel, though, that this is a different kind of spring for, for, Mike Norvell and it, you know, it sounds like just a regular media trying to say things and whatnot. And this was also my first spring. So I could just be telling BS to everybody right now, which it could be, I don't know, but at least from looking at fall practices to now, which are different, those are different kind of practices, obviously, but going into a spring, there's a lot more understanding of how Norvell runs his practices, the process. And I think the biggest key and Norvell's mentioned this too, is the transfers and the early enrollees looking like they've already been here for a year. And that's huge because you have a big time early enrollee class that came and you've got transfers that are going to make an impact this upcoming uh, fall. And definitely they're already doing that in the spring. So uh, yeah, I want to mention a few more players uh, from today's practice and also Tuesdays Uh, greedy Vance, I thought had a really good day in one-on-ones ended up actually punching uh, the ball to get a fumble and recovered it. He probably would have scored it too, bringing it back. But I thought Greedy Vance had a really good day in one-on-ones. Uh, we already talked about this earlier, and we have it on video, but Jared Verse ate up one play. Uh, and then Krishan Fuller, I think it was a missed assignment on the offensive line, but Krishan Fuller absolutely blew up and was able to get to the quarterback before they were able to hand it off to the running back. And, you know, I thought Duffy had a pretty good day too you know there wasn't a lot this was a shorter practice overall but I thought Duffy with his throws today definitely deep throws he connected very well with Johnny Wilson deep for a touchdown uh, and this was in coverage too from a DB but uh, there was a couple throws for him but as noted in here uh, he had also a nice mid-range throw to Micah Pittman for 30 yards uh, today too so that's a really good sign I think for Duffy who's had a kind of up and down this is a true freshman quarterback but, you know, this is a good sign maybe, you know, Duffy kind of getting into some rhythm here and building some chemistry with some of his, some of his guys. But Greedy Vance, A.J. Duffy, Johnny Wilson, uh, I thought looked uh, pretty solid. Um, and then going into some of the inside uh, doke whenever Florida State was running uh, their offense versus defense, first one to ten wins. Um, so basically, if Florida State – if the offense scores, that's a point for them, and the defense stops them, that's a point. So pretty simple stuff here. But right off the bat, baby nine, as Carlos Williams calls him, but uh, Lawrence Philly scored twice in a row on a run play, and he's running a lot more physical, d um, For a guy that doesn't have the size as maybe Trey Benson or DJ Williams, um, CJ Campbell, he's running really nice right now, and he feels a l- really confident. That's huge for him because – I don't think he's a big practice player. He's not going to throw up some crazy highlight in practice. We're not going to mention him a whole ton. But for goal line and Lawrence Philly, who would – who? I mean, sorry, who would ever have thought – where are you putting <laughs> Lawrence Philly in on goal line? That's probably not the guy you're picking. Yeah, probably not. But at the same time, you know, if, if he's going to be one of those guys heavily involved in this rotation uh, in, in 2022, like we're fully expecting – 
he's going to need to be able to to do it all and, and be able to help Florida State in, in more situations than last year. You know, his role should probably just continue to grow this year. I do think it's important for him to to keep working on that size, but at the same time, he's he's had success um, despite of it. Yep. No, that's been uh, great for him because you know I think they're really. The big thing is really building confidence in him, and that's all all it takes for some of these guys to get going. But he's not a big practice one. You're not going to hear a lot of stuff about him and, and reports, maybe. But today in goal line, that was that was impressive. I got to say, he was a standout. Uh, Micah Pittman scored a touchdown. Uh, Jared Verse tipped one of the balls from the quarterback and caused an incompletion. And I don't know how that even happened because he was on right side defensive end the play went to the left so I don't understand how that happened but I just I don't know sometimes things are weird with with verse I don't know how he kind of does things but tip the ball and completion uh really impressive there just shows how speedy he is no matter if he's on the other side of the ball he's coming (laughs) he's coming uh Sean Ward got stopped on the goal line I know Jared verse yeah here we go I've got it noted Sean Ward stopped on the goal line defense and defense and Jared verse make sure uh, Trishon Ward knows Norvell has to split them up. Yep. So that was earlier, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I can't tell you. I don't know what it is. It's definitely love banter. You know, these guys like each other, but you know, they're competitive and that's, I mean, it's football. Definitely when you get down to goal line, you know, uh, coach Andrews, you know, said it best, you know, you all, they only score if you let them score. And, you know, Norvell brought that up after the practice. And there was a lot of lot of intensity. But, you know, like I said earlier, Jared Verse and, and Sean Ward going at it. Two different sized guys. You just love to see it. Um, Kanaya Charlton actually got some love here in goal line uh, with a really fantastic block opening up a hole for DJ Williams. So your guy Kanaya. There we go. D-Lou. Kanaya <laughs> getting some love today. He just looks like a big baby whenever he's running around. He's still developing his body. And he's trimming down a little bit, but he had a really good block and got a lot of love from some of his teammates, including Bryson Estes and also Coach Atkins, Florida State's offensive line coach, for a fantastic block on the offensive line. Um, Yeah, he's still shaping up his body. But one thing you can't doubt about that kid is is his effort. Because like you said, he already has made some progress and and losing a little bit of weight. And I remember being out there for the tour of duty and – you know, he was, he literally was working to the point of exhaustion, you know, <laughs> it was some of it was, it was crazy to to watch those workouts in progress and just to see, you know, how physically beat down some of those guys were after the workouts. It, it was tough out there. Are you saying that would be kind of like you, if you're going, I, that I, I would have been, I would have been down way before Kanaya. I'll tell you that he's got me beat. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I would love to watch that competition, please. Can we get I that might going? Make it through one station? They send me back 18 <laughs> times, but I might make it through. Like Vizia said multiple times, as long as there's a little bit of water burger, like a water burger bag that they have on a on a string that's going down the field, you'll you'll be good. You'll make it. I don't know. It was rough out there. <laughs> but going back to, um, go to Micah Pittman, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Logan, but it kind of seemed like he struggled a little bit out of the gate, and then now here in the back half of the spring, he started to settle in, and you're consistently seeing him um, make connections downfield, scoring touchdowns in practice, and really starting to fill that role you thought he would uh, whenever he transferred in from Oregon, just being a steady receiver. Yeah, no, it was a really pretty play. Don't want to get into specifics of what that play call was, but really, really pretty play uh, from Micah Pittman, and it just kind of looked easy for him. So. Um, 
I'm, I'm expecting a lot out of Pittman. He's had a, he's had a, like the latter half of camp. These two wide receivers, which I'm about to bring up, Micah Pittman and Johnny Wilson, who also in the corner had a, uh, had an, had an interception, had a touchdown, <laughs> had a touchdown. Uh, was kind of wide touchdown? open, like high point. It, it, it was kind of like, here's the ball. You can have a DB slip. <laughs> so it was just, it was wide open. So it was an easy one. It was an easy one. Whereas I will say later or earlier, uh, a couple of times in spring, there's been some wild catches that Wilson has had, but uh, that was just easy money for Wilson. So now we get to nine, nine, even game, you know, Magnervell gets up. He's putting up the finger. One more play. That's it. One more. We're wrapping this thing up. Who's it going to be offense, defense? Who's, who's going to take, Take away the win to end off camp. And out of nowhere, you know, this was a run run game play, first team O, first team D. And Steven Dix Jr. comes in flying from the linebacker position and blows up the running back. We didn't even get to see who the running back was because they were moving so quickly. And I believe it had to have been – it was Shashawn Ward. It was Shashawn Ward who got blown up. And the defense, you know, absolutely goes crazy and celebrating, and, and they loved it. So – um, that ended off practically spring camp. Uh, but Stephen Dix Jr., who Magnervell talked about, he really he, he talked about him and, you know, not him wanting to loaf and, you know, sulk about him not getting a lot of playing time last year and then telling him, you know, let's let's change the mentality. Let's get over here and get in the spring, which, you know, he's done and, and he's really progressed. And that's a really good sign for Florida State's linebacker room, which you really want to just start building depth there because you kind of know what you already have. But if Steam Dix Jr. could come in here and develop and be a guy that's going to be, you know, a starter material that you could throw in there for a guy that's tired, then that's huge. And that's a good sign for Steven Dix Jr. Yeah, I mean, physically, you know, that guy looks like the most imposing linebacker on the entire team. But he's just really struggled to find his role in that defense so far. But at the same time, it's good to hear that he's listening to, to Mike Normbell's message and, and just going into the spring now with the mindset to compete and, and fight for a role instead of, like you said, Logan, sulk over over not getting playing time. Go out there and, and earn your spot. You know, nothing nothing's given on this team, especially with Mike Norbell coming in. Obviously, that culture change has flipped and it's it's been a lot for for different guys and you know, every everyone's different. It, it takes some guys can come in instantly and, and make an impact. Some people it takes a little bit more time to develop and get everything down. And maybe that's the case with Stephen Dix Jr. Because obviously he was a really talented high school prospect. He contributed some uh, as a freshman, and then now he's uh, went a little bit off the radar. But there's nothing to say that he doesn't eventually get back on that field and, and become a productive player for Florida State. One more player I do want to mention before we move on to spring game uh, goodies is uh, <laughs> Pat Payton. Pat Payton, you know, they, they did their goal line stuff, and then they did end up running a few more plays for red zone purposes. And they, uh, Pat Payton came away with a really pretty uh, TFL uh, on the running back. I believe it was Lawrence Toafili. But Pat Payton, he did that also earlier today inside the IPF coming away with a TFL on uh, Lawrence Toafili, who's a shifty. Uh, running back and not easy to do but you know Nate Greer not on here tonight but he put him into one of his pieces of guys to maybe emerge this upcoming spring and we saw that immediately at least size wise since the beginning of camp but later on I think he's built some confidence Delu after we heard some good things after this first scream first spring scrimmage and then the latter half now of practices 
that's a really good sign from number 56. And I think on Saturday, if I was going to pick someone, I don't want to do it now. We'll talk about it later. But if I was going to pick someone to keep an eye out for on Saturday, it's Pat Payton, which, you know, some fans will be like, who's 56 out there making some plays? That, that's Pat Payton. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because we talked about that defensive end rotation a little bit. And, and he's a guy that has shown some flashes, maybe been a little bit of surprise because he wasn't someone that, that we saw get a lot of snaps last year during his true freshman season, really spent a lot of time working and reshaping his body with Josh Storms. And, and you're seeing the results, honestly. You know, he's come out into into, into the spring with um, a different mentality. He knows that there's a spot um, at defensive end for him to take with Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas moving on. You know, there, there's a lot of snaps to be earned, and he's right there in the thick of things. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's a guy that starts, but he's probably someone that's going to develop into a piece that you can rely to come in and, and contribute, especially on passing downs. Uh, it sounds like he's been really good when it comes to getting off the edge and getting after the quarterback. Yeah, I'm not expecting him definitely to be a starter, but I do think and when the season gets started here, I think he's going to get into that rotation early. I think he's deserved this, and I'm not a coach, so I'm just going to shut up and like I sound like I am a coach. He's deserved it, and you know what? We're going to go ahead and put him in effort. Second, well, he has he has worked for it. You know, he's done Absolutely. a lot of work on his body, and the hope is once he gets into the real games and starts getting snaps, you know, he'll just continue to develop on that upward uh, trajectory. Same thing with Jared Verse. Yeah, speaking of this, Timmy's saying that I'm uh, Jared Verse's number one fan. It's you know stupid. what? I'm going to go ahead and say I was Sean Ward's biggest fan last spring, and now I'm Jared Versus. Uh, need to go back and listen to every podcast and figure out how many times you said Jared Verse since January when he get ready. Get ready. It's going to be a lot worse, people. It's going to be a lot worse. He's going to be in the thumbnails a lot. You just have to get used to it. You just have to get used to it. I got a really good <laughs> picture of him. It's kind of getting weird, though. I got to show what's taking pictures of him. That's yeah, it's like you're only taking pictures of him. Yeah, no, I do have more. I do have more <laughs> pictures. But the ones that I know will do good engagement is Jared Verse. And, you know, I do think he is flexing and doing push-ups before walking down into the practices. So, you know, I, I did see him kind of flexing. But I would do the same thing if I was Jack like that. Sorry, but should, hey, if it works he on He just the gets IG. on that scooter and speeds off. Like He just comes in, wrecks uh, practice, hops on his little scooter, goes home. Like Yeah, let's make sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Make sure it's not too fast, please. Let's let's take away the scooter. Zoom in, dude. <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah, if I am if I am Jared versus biggest fan, I'll take it whenever he's – in two years, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this later. Um, let's jump into that's going to wrap up, I think, spring camp. Florida State's going to have one other practice. I'm expecting just helmets and shorts on next Tuesday. Could change. It's Mike Norvell, so I could be completely false on that. He they are practicing that. tomorrow, though. They are. They are. And Norvell told us that they will be just doing shells. Um, it might just be helmets, too, but I know sh I would expect shells. That's what Norvell said. And so um, a little bit more laid back. They'll go through walkthroughs and such. Um, Mike said that this spring game will go into this now. The spring game will be offense versus defense. This won't be really Garnet versus Gold, where the captains are picking you know, their team members and doing all that. Norvell mentioned, too, some guys will be limited. So there was no reason to really go on and do that kind of scenario they're strictly offense versus defense first team second team third team so you're going to see jordan travis you know he did not say that any of the quarterbacks were going to be held back so you're going to see jordan travis on saturday tate rodemaker you will definitely see uh, aj duffy too which i know a lot of fans are excited for 
And then you'll see most likely Juno English too near the latter half of the scrimmage. And uh, it's going to be a very competitive one. And uh, Norvell said they'll probably do a little bit more of special teams, kind of competitive battles throughout the spring game last year, kind of like what we were viewing VZ and DLU while we were there, we were kind of wondering what the heck was going on. But it's kind of what they do during practices where they're doing a lot of spring or special teams drills. They're going to bring that over inside Doak and do that. So um, that's kind of like the overlay of it going into this, though. Florida State's going to have four guest coaches on the sideline, which I am definitely very excited for. I know a lot of fans are excited about one in particular that's former Noel quarterback. EJ Manuel, here the Spear alum, I should say. Um, EJ Manuel and another here the Spear alum, Leroy Butler. He's not going to be a guest coach, but Norvell did tell us today he's going to be an honorary captain, which is absolutely awesome. Um, you know, Leroy, Leroy Butler has been around a lot since Norvell has taken helm in Tallahassee. So really cool to see one of the best defensive players here in Tallahassee hanging around. You sure we had him on here? Butler? Yeah. No, actually, no, I'm a complete liar. I'm thinking Terrell Buckley. <laughs> I'm a complete liar. I'm a complete liar. Damn. I was like, uh, damn. Like, definitely when I was on here. Definitely yeah. when I was here. Yeah, no, my bad, my bad. We'll get Leroy. I, that's why I'm saying that. We don't tried to keep the facts. Bad. I had to keep it. Thank you. you know, Thank keep you. Keep it true. I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't be going over here and spewing lies, but um, eventually we'll have Butler on here, I promise. And we'll definitely, I don't know who we're going to take out of the intro, but he will be added. I can guarantee that. Dion. Nah, I gotta keep Dion. It just adds for just people getting riled up in their cars. It's pretty funny. Uh, but let's go back to coaches. We've got Danny Cannell, former Florida State quarterback. A lot of '90s guys coming in. Um, you've also got uh, EJ Manuel, which I've already named, and you've got. I'm absolutely losing. Who's the other two? <laughs> Oh, no, this is you asking? good. No, I'm asking you. You edited the post today. He's definitely not asking me. Oh, my uh, God. Someone in the chat will tell us. Someone in the chat will get us. This is why we do it do it live, so the chat will help us. But also, Colton knows it is on ACC Network. That's all I know. Oh, Brian McFadden, Peter Steelers. Bowl, Peter Bowler, Brian McFadden, Danny Cannell, and EJ Manuel will be your guest coaches. I'm excited. I like this a little Sorry, bit better. I, I was lagging. I couldn't hear you. It, it messed all up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, Peter Boulware, definitely well-known name here in Tallahassee. And then Brian McFadden, my Steelers guy coming into town, who also does a fantastic job with CBS Sports um, coming in. And then, like I said, Danny Cannell, EJ Manuel. It'd be great to have EJ Manuel back and back inside Doak. Usually he's too busy doing ACC Network coverage, so it'll be nice to see him on the sideline with an FSU hat on and the headset on, too. I think this is a lot better than maybe what they had last year with the couple of reporters and stuff, some names that maybe fans didn't even know of. But this is this is the way to go. Good job, Florida State. This is this is the way to do it. Get some legends coming back in here and get them on the sideline. And Norvell talked about after the practice saying, you know, you see these pictures in the locker room around the, the campus. You see them inside the moor. But when you see them face-to-face, it's a lot different. And he talked about, too, some of these guys, you have their numbers on, you know, how are you going to represent that number? And you're talking to these guys face to face. So they're expecting those guys to be in town and as being guest coaches. And, you know, I will, you know, we, we have a rising spear interview that will be at the latter half of this episode. And, you know, it seems like they've got a handful of former Noles coming into D Lou uh, for this upcoming weekend, which look, it's going to be a great weekend in Tallahassee overall, but um, over, I, I really like the guest coaches lineup. It's going to be fun. 
Yeah, it's not your uh, typical spring game after the last two years, right? You know, you've got some legendary guest coaches coming in. It's Gene Te- Deckerhoff's final call at Florida State um, for the first time in since <sighs> since uh, 2019. You're going to have recruits as official at as actual visitors at the spring game. You know, last year the dead period was still in place. They tried to get guys in the stands, but the coaches couldn't actually interact um, with the recruits. But this year actually have a, a pretty massive uh, visit weekend for Florida State. So a lot going on in Tallahassee. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a lot of, lot of, lot of good storylines going into this one. And, you know, hi, I know that they're going to do a recognition for Gene Deckerhoff um, during the game. And that's going to be very special because that's someone I grew up watching. You know, the, of course, the number one, easy thing to go to is, you know, I wasn't really listening. We were there in in Pasadena, but being able to listen to it afterwards of him calling, obviously Jameis to KB is something that, you know, every fan wants to listen to before they go to bed. It feels like, or at least they did the last the two weeks after that game was over and, you know, just an incredible person. You know, if you ever met him, you know, been around him, you know, he talks to everybody. It doesn't matter the age or whatever you are. He's just, you know, personable and, and he's a legend and, and, one of the most professional people you'll ever meet. And I don't know how he does it. You know, I can't complain because my schedule is not going to be the same as Gene Deckerhoff's, but you know, I can't complain. This guy goes from doing so many things. You've got basketball, you've got football, then you're going down to travel wherever the Bucks game is going to be a shoot. He's done it multiple times before where he's flying thousands and thousands of miles from Florida to California to go cover a Bucks game. That's just kind of who he is, so that's why I'm not going to complain about me maybe having to travel to a couple Bucks games this year. If Gene Dackerhoff can get, do it at that age, I, I can't complain. But VZ, do you have a couple things on on Gene Dackerhoff? I was going to say it's not just the games he's doing; he's doing you know radio shows, you know interviews with coaches throughout the week. Like it's not just the games; like he's doing a lot of work throughout the week. Um, he's been doing this well into his 70s. It's one of the best of all time, obviously. You know, spends a lot of time around him doing Coach Hamilton's radio shows because, you know, we'd go set all those up before Hamilton gets there. Just talking with, with Gene for 30 minutes before Ham shows up. It's just he, it's who Gene is. He's like Logan said, he's going to talk to everybody. It's it's going to be weird not hearing him in, in on those radio calls because that's really a, what we've all grown up with. Yeah, now it's really, you know, who is who's going to replace him and who's going to be able – who's going to be able to replace him. You know, I, I don't think anyone – can replace Gene Deckerhoff, but is there someone out there that can live up to, you know, 70 or 80% of Gene Deckerhoff? I don't know. It's, it's going to be a tough battle. I feel like for that spot, but we'll see how it shakes out. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them get someone for just basketball and then just football. I think it's kind of tough to find someone to do both. Cause you can find a guy like Adrian Crawford, who's already done a little bit on radio with him to just take over that full time for basketball and then just find someone for football. I think that'd be a little bit easier. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see who they find. But uh, this weekend will be set all around Gene Deckerhoff and the incredible, uh, the incredible, I mean, I don't know, career he's had. And it's only going to continue. It seems like he's still going to do some Bucks um, coverage too this upcoming year for them. Obviously, if Tom Brady comes back, I mean, you might as well just go down there and cover one more season at least, which <laughs> could be a potential Super Bowl winning team. Um, go Steelers. But uh, yes. Can't wait to watch and see the recognition and, and uh, the moment we'll have there with Gene Deckerhoff and Doe Campbell Stadium on Saturday. It's just, I don't know. I feel like we're getting older guys and now these legends are no longer <laughs> with it. It's like, 
it's such a weird feeling, you know, and it's more like bitter than anything because these guys I grew up listening to. And, you know, I think it'll be emotional for a lot of people and Doke on, on Saturday, an absolute legend uh, retiring from Florida State coverage. Well, try not to cry, Logan. But if you, uh, I don't know if you've <laughs> read your your press press email for Saturday yet that we got, but we'll actually have the opportunity to speak with Gene Deckerhoff in the press box after he's honored um, on the field. I did read that. I did read that, and that's going to be awesome. We'll send you there, Dustin, to take care of all. Of that. I'm just kidding. I will be there. Well, we'll be that. ten feet behind us. It's going to be happening right there. So. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be hard. My fingers kind of hurt. Send Maddox over there. <laughs> no, actually, I you've got to go interview. over there so that you can cry. That's right. Now I'll cry two times. God, I'll, I'll, it could be three. I don't know. I'm going to get emotional. I'm going to get emotional. But, I'm going to uh, cry if they put pickles on my Chick-fil-A sandwich. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so whiny. Unreal. Unbelievable. Bring your, what do you, bring your snack. Bring your, what did you bring last My trail year? mix. Your, your trail mix, yeah. Make sure the same bag I was in there for like three months. Ew, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I want to note this real quick before we get into more spring game stuff. We put out a piece today, D. Lou, about Winston Wright. We talked with Norvell on Tuesday. He gave us a really good update here, which I thought we should definitely bring on to the podcast. Winston Wright is back in Tallahassee. Uh, he underwent a really scary car crash back in March. The good thing is, though, it was during it was it was last spring break. The good thing is, though, he's back here. He's in meetings and he's going through rehab. And it seemed like Mike Norvell feels really optimistic about him, just as a health nature status. Things are going well for him, and so that's obviously what comes first before we think about fall. Can I know everybody's worried? What's going on in fall? If he's going to be available? I mean, that's definitely a good question to ask, but. First of all, that was a really scary car crash. So it's a really good sign to have Winston Wright Jr. back in Tallahassee, fully healthy. Well, maybe we're all recovering, but you know, here with us. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the biggest thing is he's going to come away from this car crash and be able to to fully recover and you know continue to live his life the way he did before the car crash. And obviously, he did suffer that leg injury. It's not something that Mike Norvell has wanted to go into a lot of specifics on as far as um, the nature of it or how long he's going to be out. But um, as you said, Logan, he's been very optimistic that at some point Winston Wright is going to be able to return to the lineup and be able to contribute for Florida State. You know, whether that's right at the beginning of fall camp, we just don't know yet. It's going to be something to monitor throughout the offseason. But it would be absolutely huge if they do get him back. Obviously, Florida State brought in four transfer receivers this offseason, and he was the most productive out of all four coming off a season where he had almost 700 receiving yards at West Virginia. And at the same time, he's a prolific kick returner. Set the West Virginia kick return yardage record um, in a game. He had a 98-yard kickoff return for a score last season, two touchdowns on kickoffs in his career. So – a guy that could help Florida State in multiple ways, especially with how that wide receiver room was last year. It, it would it, It's huge to have a veteran like him come in that's already had a lot of experience um, that can instantly help the lineup. So it would be huge if Florida State can get him back sooner rather than later, and we'll see how it goes. Yep, absolutely. I'm just glad he's back in town and um, yeah, good to see that he, he's here. Um, and rehabbing Florida State has a really good, very great rehab uh, team. And I do want to mention too, there was a couple questions about Travis J in the comments. I do can confirm now 
he's was fully dressed at today's practice. Um, and you know, maybe not fully participating yet, but was fully dressed. And so that's a really good sign. No green Jersey for him. So a really good sign there for Travis J uh, a guy that, you know, just as a leadership guy who's really hands-on still with the team, uh, a good sign to see there from him. Wanted to mention that let's go into some more spring game stuff. What's, what are you looking for D Lou going into this? Because I think there's a, there's a multitude of things. And Nate had a really good piece go out earlier this week of top five things to watch. You know, he mentioned Trey Benson, obvious quarterback battle, but you know, Jared verse too, but what are you maybe looking to, to come away with, you know, what are some things on, on Saturday you're going to keep a close eye on while we're all the way up there in the press box? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there, there are definitely multiple things I'm going to be watching. One of the the most important, definitely going to be the quarterbacks. Um, you know, obviously, Florida State, they know what they have in Jordan Travis. And this spring has, has been an opportunity to get a further look at Tate Rodemaker along with A.J. Duffy coming in. And, Logan, you said it earlier, they've both had their fair share of ups and downs, which you would expect from Duffy as a true freshman. And Rodemaker, a redshirt sophomore, just hasn't got a ton of playing time throughout his career, um, being behind Milton last year and – you know, Jordan Travis and, and Blackman the, the year before. So he just hasn't seen a, a lot of true reps. And he does make some flashes in practice, but there's the question marks on if that will be able to carry over into an actual game, which it did not whenever he was inserted last year against Florida. Um, but regardless, you know, I'm going to be looking at those two and seeing if anyone can kind of begin to set themselves apart from the other one, um, it's going to be huge for Florida State to develop some depth behind Jordan Travis and someone that you feel comfortable with in the event he does get banged up. Because if if there's one knock on Jordan Travis heading into 2022, you know, we've seen his improvement with his arm. It's can he continue to stay healthy? And the last two years, he's missed some games, been out of lineup every now and then. And in those games, Florida State, they, they've lost. They haven't won a game under Mike Norvell where Jordan Travis – wasn't the starter or either didn't play a significant role, which that would be that Jacksonville state game where Rodemaker started um, in 2020. But um, yeah, it's important to continue building that depth and will anyone, will anyone separate themselves? Cause if not, you've got to wonder, will Florida state, we talked about it last week, I think, will they look at the portal and see if maybe there's someone they can bring in there um, a one year player, someone that would be okay with being a reserve. So it's a precarious scenario for sure. Yeah, I know that way the quarterback room, I think that's a great point there because you're worried about QB two spot. And like I said, it's been kind of an up and down spring for the true freshman uh, guy uh, from IMG with AJ Duffy. And that's understandable. This first, first spring, that's exactly why you're an EE. You come in and you learn and you comprehend the schemes mm-hmm. and you understand your different reads which is not easy whatsoever to do i couldn't imagine and i'm glad i'm not in that spot but you know this has got to be big for rodemaker i mean this has got to be something where last spring we saw it you know it was the viral image of norvell not looking so happy with rodemaker during a play and you want to see progress there this is uh, a guy that's been on the team uh what three years now d lou practically three years yeah going into yeah going into years, his third yeah and you're hoping for a guy that can understand the schemes that he's looking at and understand now to make that third read, definitely the second, but you're looking for him to make some plays and not just kind of be sloppy with it. And 
I will say it's been an up and down kind of spring for him too. Do I think that he's made some progressions? Yes. But has it been monumental that, you know, from maybe some other outlets are reporting? I don't think so. That's my personal opinion on that. But there's nothing that I look at last spring and I look at this last fall and say, wow, Tay Rodemick. Oh my goodness. Wow. That is definitely, that is QB too. I can't say that. Wow, that that's QB two. That it's not even a competition with Duffy. Will he be QB two heading into this upcoming season? Yes, I, I mean he will be that. But you know that's who you have to throw out there because he has the most experience on the college level inside Norvell and and Norvell's system. So you know that I think it's a big spring game for Rodemaker, and I think just for Duffy, really just you know feeling comfortable. And if you, if you see him and feeling comfortable on Saturday inside Doak with the fans there, that's, that's a good sign to me. And if you make some plays, if there's some mistakes, that's okay. You go back to the film room and, and you, you fix those and you get ready for a, a long off season before fall camp begins and summer workouts. But quarterback room, I think too, another people want to watch Trey Benson. You know, that was one big time, big time, big time storyline between FSU Twitter of them losing their absolute minds over it. And I'm not going to say that, you know, they're not completely false about some things because I would think it was definitely worth noting. This was a guy that came back from a, a really, you know, bad injury to his leg. And you're hoping that he comes back full speed. But like he told us on Tuesday, he feels 100%. He said after the second scrimmage, after he was making some cuts on his left leg, I believe that's the one that he was, he injured. He felt after that that he felt really, really, really good, and he feels like he's 100%. He feels like he's the fastest and strongest he's ever been. And I will tell you, and I think Nate and I talked about this, if there's a guy on Saturday that I think could flash away and take an MVP spot, it could be Benson because he has opened up and had some explosive runs, D-Lou, during camp. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear because, you know, when when he first came in, obviously there was some criticism – around the take, but, but even us, you know, we were thinking maybe he wouldn't play a big role his first year in Tallahassee as he kind of continued to get back into the swing of things after that um, catastrophic knee injury that he suffered. But it really does seem like he's coming to Florida state fully healthy. I mean, all we've heard um, ever since he joined the team for, for tour of duty is how he was one of the fastest players on the entire team, maybe the fastest player in that entire running back unit, which, you think about it, there, there there, were some guys – I know Corey Wren transferred, but that guy has some speed to him. So if Trey Benson's keeping up with, with Corey Wren, then we need to be paying attention. And that's continued in the spring practice. You know, I know maybe they've limited him a little bit, but at the same time, you know, from everything you've relayed, Logan, and from interviews and everything, it, it seems like he's been impressive. Um, and he has an outside shot, I think, to, to get involved in that running back rotation along with Treshawn Ward, because he does offer an interesting skill set as a little bit of a bigger back that also has some wiggle to him. So definitely excited to see him out there on Saturday in person in a game-like atmosphere for the first time. He definitely is a different kind of package back out of this whole group. And, you know, he was talking about some other guys, definitely young running back, uh, Ronnie Hill. He was funny. He said yeah on Tuesday that Ronnie Hill is great. He just doesn't know how strong he is yet. And he's like, he really doesn't know how strong he is. Bro, he and doesn't. I'm, I no, agree. <laughs> no, and we saw him. You got to see him firsthand at the beginning of the spring, Dealey. You're like, wow, Rodney Hill's put on some size. And absolutely, 
he has. And this isn't going to be a guy that's going to make an impact this upcoming season. But developmental-wise, heading into year two, you've got to be really excited about Hill. But going back to Trey Benson, I think fans are going to like what they see from him. And all it's going to take, and it's going to be funny to see, it's going to be hilarious because it's going to have a whole flip switch out of these fans on Saturday, I have a feeling, because I do think he's going to break one open. And they're gonna, and the fans are just gonna look at each other and be like, "Damn, I should have never tweeted that shit. Should have never tweeted that shit." And that's probably what's gonna end up happening because he does have the potential to break open these plays, and he's done that throughout the spring. We'll see if that translates over to Saturday. There's been a lot of talk about the wide receiver room in the comments tonight. A lot of arguing, a lot of trying to figure out who's wide receiver one, two, and three. A lot of Pittman talk, McLean. I do want to say, let's go ahead and put it down right now i do think malik mclean is your solidified starter no matter what is happening he's had a great spring he's made plays he did the same thing last spring too he might be i think jordan travis's favorite target right now too but i am seeing some talk about Pittman, and you know if winston wright was here then Pittman wouldn't be getting a lot of touches or he wouldn't be making the strides that he's making i think Pittman, either way no matter what if winston wright jr was playing this upcoming or this spring that Pittman would have still been doing the things that he's been doing. He's been making some really splash plays and really great ones. And now it's even on video. I know Florida State released a video uh, posting him on a really beautiful catch in the end zone. But he, he did that on a day where he absolutely exploded. And I think I wrote about him and, and a piece a couple of weeks ago. He's a guy that has kind of shocked me along with Johnny Wilson. Johnny Wilson maybe a little bit more because I wasn't expecting, I'll be honest with you guys, I was not expecting a lot from Johnny Wilson heading into this spring whatsoever. I really wasn't. I don't think anybody here on the show was. But he, out of the whole wide receiver room, has been the top guy. And then I don't think Micah Pittman's too far off from Johnny Wilson. And he's a both of these guys, mid, uh, mid-range mid threat. And also, I wouldn't say Pittman's really deep ball, but definitely Johnny Wilson Like happened today. Had about a, a 50, 50, 60 yard bomb from AJ Duffy to Johnny Wilson for a touchdown. Wilson is a, is a threat every like, and then he had in that goal line had a touchdown in the corner. The, the wide receiver room, I mean, this translates in the spring game. It's going to be fun to watch D. Lou and Vizi, this wide receiver room, and the competition between the vets, the guys that have been here for the couple of years, and these transfers who have been making some plays this spring. It's going to be fun to watch on Saturday. Yeah, Iron Shipen or. Iron sharpens iron and, you know, Florida State, they brought in those four transfer receivers and those guys have instantly hit the field running. And like you said, Logan, the competition has been fierce so far. And probably Johnny Wilson and Micah Pittman have been the two most impressive and consistent guys so far, Um, particularly Pittman over these back half of practices. It really seemed like he's starting to come into his own after dealing with some injuries at Oregon, you know, he's finally fully healthy. And you mentioned Wilson being a surprise, which, which it is, you know, this is a guy, he didn't have a ton of production um, in his career coming into Florida state, but you can already see some of that, just, just his frame, you know, his massive frame, he can get up and, and catch balls that a lot of guys can't make contested catches in traffic and just, it, it seems like as he continues to become more comfortable in that offense, he might be a real playmaker for Florida State. And even the guys currently on the roster, you know, Malik McLean, Joshua Burrell, Ontario, yeah, Poitier, um, you messed me up, Keyshawn Hilton, Ontario Wilson. Good. Like there's, there's some definite talent at this wide receiver unit. I know they were inconsistent as hell last year, which is why you're adding this influx of talent and hoping – you know, Burrell can be back fully healthy. McLean can take that next step. 
maybe one of the veterans um, in a lesser role can can you know help the team out even more. So we'll just have to see. There's there's a lot of options at wide receiver. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of options, and you know, that'll be something we'll be discussing probably right after the spring game next week. You know, who who's going to be some of those that end up hitting the transfer portal? Because I do think yeah. there will be one or two from this room, and it, it sucks because there's I think just too many guys. guys. Yeah. Sorry, there is there is too many guys. There is definitely too many guys. But I do think you know. I don't know. It'll be, I think fans will really like what they're going to see on Saturday from these new transfers. And they really get to see uh, Joshua Burrell too. Once again, who had flashes in last year's spring game, who had a great catch. And then now holding into this year with some more experience and fully healthy. Um, they're, they're really going to be surprised. I think Johnny Wilson, we talked about him on here. We previewed him and said, you know, this is going to be a really good blocking wide receiver. This is great. This is good for that. We're not expecting much of him to make some, Big time catches, blah blah. Yeah, we we're like goal line for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, we we're like, oh, goal line and blocking. Johnny Wilson, nice grab, Ron Dugans and Norvell. Good job. Maybe he can be a tight end. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I'm like, uh, what? What? We were like talking to each other in the group chat. Like, what is going on here with number 14? He, he made plays today too. Once again, I, I do think quarterbacks like him because of his length and his ability to be able to stretch the field and his radius is just so much bigger than any other wide receiver on the room in the room. So, uh, you know, not to just go on a Johnny Wilson rant, like I do a Jared verse, but very, very good out of, out of the two. And I don't want to, what am I going to give away my two guys yet after spring? We'll do that next week. But right now, those two guys, Jared verse and Johnny Wilson have had a stellar, stellar spring camp. Uh, let's go ahead and finish off some of the spring game stuff because there's, there's no actual game happening. So we're not going to evaluate Oh, this, this is going against this battle, this wide receiver versus DB, but maybe is there a certain battle? Maybe you're looking forward to D Lou with some of these cornerbacks, because I know you've got Renardo green who, you know, we got a piece coming out tomorrow from our guy Maddox, Renardo green, fully healthy now and making some, making some plays, but He's getting more into that early rotation with Florida State's first team defense. He was out there, which we can report on the first three periods starting defense at the corner position. And that's something where, you know, that wasn't where he was the last couple of seasons. It was really placed more at the uh, safety position. But now he's solidified maybe in that corner spot. Um, now, because maybe Jarvis Brownlee, you know, no longer with the team, he gets the opportunity there. But maybe a battle that you're looking forward to because first it'll be first team versus first team on Saturday. What kind of battle. I don't know about a battle, but really just seeing those DBs in action. You know, you mentioned Renardo Green coming back after the injury. How is uh, a Marion Cooper and, and Kevin Knowles going to look moving into their second years? especially after playing pivotal roles in that defensive backfield down the stretch of last season, you know, are they going to be ready to continue to step up and just take on even bigger roles and then sticking at cornerback, you know, Sam McCall and Azari Thomas, how are they going to look in this spring game? They've, they've been physically impressive throughout spring practice. I think um, the, their mix of competitiveness that, that they've brought has really been eye opening, especially for just how young they are coming in as early enrollee, true freshmen, so really, all of those guys I'm going to be looking at because Florida State, a lot of talent in that defensive backfield, but maybe not a whole lot of experience, especially at cornerback right now. It's definitely helpful to have 
Jamie Robinson and Sidney Williams and some of those other guys coming back at safety. But can the guys at cornerback that that began to establish themselves, you know, step up and show some dominance over that wide receiver room? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick battle. That, that was definitely a good battle one there. We got wide receivers, DBs. Uh, certain battle I'm going to look at is probably going to be uh, tackles against defensive ends. And I'll go specifically here. I'll put out some names. I do want to watch Robert Scott going against Jared Verse. I want to watch Les Harris going against DMAC or whoever's going to be on that other side. I am expecting DMAC to be out there with first team defense on Saturday. But I want to see how they can withstand some of these guys that maybe have a little bit more, I'm going to say verse has more experience, but maybe has a little bit more of a talent edge over, let's say, uh, Robert Scott right now. And, you know, I think, too, this is spring, and I think a lot of these offensive linemen, there's a big communication gap right now until you start getting into the fall and the understanding and building that chemistry there. But, you know, we hear flashes and different things of Bless. I don't think – there needs to be a too much hula about bless because there's been some times where, you know, he's having a rough time a little bit, you know, we're not going to be sitting here and just saying everything's just great and great and grapes. Everything's awesome. But I just made that up by the way. I don't know. Great and grapes. I, I don't know if that's even a saying, but I'm um, just making up BS here on a Thursday night. And so I don't know. I think the battles between tackles and defensive ends is going to be something I'm going to be keeping a close eye on and, Right now, I will say these defensive ends are winning them, but I'm wondering once you get inside Doke and you got a true uh, kind of game experience flowing through the veins of these tackles, I want to see if they can step up and handle these defensive ends because it's been a it's been a tough camp for those tackles. So I'll be keeping a close eye on that on those on those battles. Yeah, it's really that whole defensive line versus offensive line because those guys have been going at it this spring, and you know the defense. So far, they've, they've probably won the battle, but the war isn't over. You know, the offensive line, they've got a chance to redeem themselves in the spring game. I am interested to see how much uh, Florida State pushes those veterans on the defensive line, like Fabian Lovett and Robert Cooper, Dennis Briggs, even, even Jared Verse. I'm interested to see how much playing time they get in favor of throwing those young guys out there that, that have been pressed in spring camp and seeing what they can do um, off the edge and, and on the interior. So, it should be exciting. And then especially on the offensive line for Florida State, you know, can can we start to see some some flashes uh, from those reserves? What are you laughing at? Do you like oh. the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dustin that was, Lewis? That was good, man. The war is not over. <laughs> it's a good I transition. Like no, it is good. It is good. The war is not over. Uh, Saturday, we will find who comes away with the. They have a chance to redeem themselves, so they do. You know, whenever whenever you get whenever you get beat up all spring, you know, you you just you got to throw one punch. You know, can the offensive line are they going to punch back on Saturday? We'll see. Well, I hope it gets I, chippy out there. I was I was going to say it's been a chippy spring at least the last um, four practices. Guys getting pissed off at each other and tired of each other, and that's understandable. It's football, like I said, even been going against the same guy over and over and over again. And so there's been guys like I said, Jared Jackson, Jared Verse. When you start getting in front of these guys' faces, and you know, offensive line kind of getting pushed into a corner, the boys get pissed off. So. Um, I like it. That's how that's how football should be. This isn't effing tennis. This isn't friggin' golf. Right. And shout out the Masters going on. We love the Masters people. This is awesome. Great, 
get up early and then there's a tea time going on tomorrow. But this isn't this isn't this isn't any that those sports. This is football. This is how it's supposed to be. And it's spring. You know, guys are fighting for depth chart. That's exactly what Norvell wants. And you know, like I said, Norvell had to pry away had to pry away Jared Burst from getting into it with Sean Ward. But those guys love each other. It's just that's how it is. It's it's football. I want that shit back. I want it to be physical. I want guys right. getting each other's faces. This is how this is how. Going back to 2013, 2012, that's when I was a little bit, I had a little bit more access. I wasn't covering Florida State as I am now. So I was maybe had to get some some access there and got to see a few things. But that's how it was, man. These guys almost hated each other by the end of camps, man. And, you know, we heard things about Jalen Ramsey, what he did. Obviously, <laughs> Timmy Jernigan. And, you know, we've had Lowe's come on here and say a few stories of some things. And it used to be a lot more brutal than what we're seeing right now, I'll tell you that. And, you know, you got to go listen back to some of those podcasts. And Telvin Smith holding walk-ons accountable. Then you had LaMarcus Joyner just coming down and blowing people's heads off on the football field. But, um, you know. That's just how it should be. This is spring, and then it's also football. This is not, this is not tennis. Yeah, you you want it to be physical. You want it to be competitive, especially right now. You know, like you said, Logan, everyone is fighting for a job. They're fighting to position themselves uh, for the rest of this offseason and heading into the fall. You know, so th- this is a huge moment, especially for the guys that aren't you know solidified starters at this point, guys that are battling with someone else for a spot. Like you look, we were talking about earlier, Duffy and Tate Rodemaker, who's going to shine more this weekend. You know, there's guys that are going to need to show out and and it's going to be huge moving forward for this team. And just after the last couple of years, I think it's a little refreshing to, to watch how the offense and defense have kind of gone after each other um, during, during spring, especially as things have went on. You want to see that. I mean, you know, when you have an offensive lineman get ran over by a defensive lineman and someone else is getting in that guy's face for running him over, you want to see these guys fight for each other. And that really just shows the the bonds that are beginning to develop for this team. Yep. No, you're exactly right. Um, you know, that's just how that's how it should be. And this is spring. This is actually our and this is our first time being able to be hands on and, and have the control credentialed aspect of going to every single practice. Uh, this spring and and definitely I want to give thanks to coach Norvell because there's not a lot of uh, colleges and and coaches that allow us to be so hands-on and be there for the entirety of practices so it's really nice to be able to give you guys good information because that's what Norvell wants he wants the media to get involved you know some things we have to keep constrained and that's definitely 100% understandable but definitely with this spring we can be a little bit more open with what we got what our what our team is giving you guys information on. And that's been really nice. So I um, definitely appreciate coach Norvell and the staff for allowing us to do that. And I want to mention one more name and that is Akeem Dan. I need to, I keep forgetting to mention him, but Norvell talked about him on Tuesday and, you know, he's been extremely pleased by his veteran defensive back. I think guys, I think he's had an interception every practice almost near this last half of spring camp and definitely every spring scrimmage. He's came away with one or two, interceptions but wow you know you match Akeem Dent with Jamie Robinson which you kind of already know what you got with Jamie last year and now he's no longer limited now this last half of spring camp you feel pretty good about that safety room heading into the 2022 season I do think Dent is in a groove right now 
And that's really good to see. And you're seeing a lot of confidence come out of him. And, you know, now that he's coming away with those interceptions, maybe he'll make up for those ones his freshman year where he could have came away with like 18 of them. <laughs> but no knock on Dendo. Great spring. Really great spring, D'Lo, for him. Yeah, it's huge because, you know, not only is Dent continuing to to come along and, and really showing why he was a five-star coming out of high school, but you're also bringing back Jamie Robinson, who was one of the best players on that defense a year ago. Obviously, you're, you're leading tackler in 2021. And then you have another really interesting young talent in Sidney Williams as well. So there's a there's definitely a little tandem at, at that safety position. And I really like the the depth that Florida State has at corner and, and at safety. Honestly, I, I think corner, you're a little bit more green, but safety, you do have some legitimate experience and you should be excited uh, with the guys that you're going to have back there, especially those three I mentioned. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's wrap up this spring game stuff. Uh, we're going to be having, we'll talk about it at the end of the podcast, but we'll most likely be doing a recap of the spring game maybe on Sunday. So keep an eye out for that. We'll also have full coverage. As we mentioned earlier, we'll be in attendance. So make sure you guys are following us on all the socials and such. We'll make sure to give you some solid coverage before we have to stay away from Doke for uh, a couple of months. For a good long while, actually, which sucks, but is what it is. Let's jump into some recruiting stuff. Big weekend ahead. Obviously, Florida State. Norvell likes to bring in a good amount of guys. It might not be as much as it was last year, but still some really good talent coming in on on Saturday. And it's highlighted as usual. You know, you've got your 2023 quarterback coming in, blue chip recruit, Chris Parson uh, coming in. Tell us maybe some other names, D. Lou, maybe some names to watch out for, some storylines. Give it to us. Yeah, so basically it's going to be a pretty big weekend for Florida State. You know, upwards of 50, 60, 70 guys, maybe even more, um, are, are going to be in the stands to, to watch the spring game for Florida State. Really the important thing is, is all of your commitments um, across the 2023 and 2024 classes are going to make it in for the visit except for uh, – 2023 defensive lineman KJ Sampson, who, who's actually celebrating his mom and sister's birthday this weekend. So he's not going to be able to come down, but he's also been a guy that, that's been extremely locked in, been one of the most active guys in that group chat ever since he committed um, back on March 5th. So not a lot to worry about there, but it's huge to get all those guys back, especially um, Randy Pittman, just because he's been, in, he's been in Gainesville a couple of times this off season. And um, it's a little concerning because he grew up a UF fan. His family are, are all pretty big UF fans. So important for Florida State to get him back in and, and secure him. And then, I mean, really outside of that, a, a lot of your top targets are, are going to be in attendance, guys who have already been on campus this offseason, um, at least in the 2023 class. You know, Keon Brown's going to be back, local wide receiver. This is like his fifth or sixth visit since – January, he's been on campus a ton, which, you know, that's a good sign. Um, and then going down to the offensive line, uh, Roderick Kearney, obviously one of the, the top offensive linemen in the entire class. He's going to be back at FSU for his third visit since January. Same thing with Tommy Kinsler, who's a highly regarded offensive lineman himself. And even on defense, you know, you've got defensive end Wilkie Denod. Last time he was on campus, he named Florida State his leader and, and said, that the visit went so well, something might be happening soon. And, you know, is this soon? Does something happen this weekend? We'll, we'll just have to see. But it wouldn't be surprising to me at all if he was a guy that jumped on board. Um, and just, you know, going down the list, uh, KJ, KJ Kirkland's going to be in a pretty highly regarded 
defensive back in 2023. He's previously said Florida State's right there in his recruitment along with Georgia and, and Michigan. So most of the guys that Florida State is putting a lot of attention towards in that 2023 class are going to make it in. And then you look over at 2024, and, I mean, the visit list is just as good. You're going to have the number one player in the country, Desmond Ricks, back for a second visit to Florida State. I was, he was blown away um, last month, him, him and his family, meeting with Mike Norvell. So it's going to be huge to continue building some momentum there. That that 24 DB class is insane because you've got another guy, a top 15 player, Charles Lester. He's going to be back for – this is either his second or third time that he's been on campus uh, this offseason. You've got Jalen Mbakwe, another guy who's probably going to be right up there as a five-star defensive back. Um, CJ Hurd, who's probably like a top 200 player or so, a really high four-star guy. And you've also got a guy that's committed to you and Jordan Pride, who's right around that range as well. So just a ton of, at least for next year, a ton of talent in that DB room coming in. And another big one in, in 24 is Jaden Davis. Uh, right now, I believe he's the number one quarterback in the 24 class or either way, you know, he's right up there, probably going to be a five-star himself. He was at Florida State. Um, at the, at the end of the first dead period, I think it was, it was the end of January, beginning of February, one of those last couple of days before the, the dead period went into place and then things opened back up in March, but getting him back again is going to be huge because it really seemed like he connected with Norvell and, and uh, coach Tokars on that first visit. And you got your first quarterback and Luke Cromanhoke, who's also going to be here um, for the state. They're probably looking to bring in two in 24, and Jaden Davis is really that top target for that second spot, and the guy is going to be one of the, the top-rated guys nationally. So important to continue building that relationship. And all in all, I think Florida State, they, they did a really good job of bringing in a, a lot of high-caliber guys this weekend, and I think they're just going to continue to, to do what they do. Yeah, this is this is a high highly – first of all, breathe – First off, number one, and dying. Yeah, make sure you make sure you breathe there. Make sure you breathe and drink a little bit there. Good, 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 good. Um, but yeah, not maybe a whole. I mean, there's gonna be a ton. I mean, you know, you say fifty seven. I mean, it could be close to a hundred, honestly, because you never know who could be coming in town, and right. You know, that, that always ends up happening. But the caliber of talent, like you mentioned, is it's up there. There's some high pro- profile talent coming in on Saturday, and you're looking at future guys too in that 2024 class, and bringing in some really good talent that will give allow a lot of these current commits too to get in touch and, and get in their ear. And you got Chris Parson too, that, you know, loves recruiting. And that's one thing that he'll do both socially texting and then definitely in person. That might be his biggest talent as being in person and talking to you and making sure that, you know, they have a good conversation and uh, all that and do some good recruiting for Florida state. But that that's a big time. Uh, this is a big time recruiting weekend for Florida State overall, and they did a they did a really good job last year. I mean, last year too really started off the trend of them being able to bring in these high profile targets. They started building those relationships. Some of them, yes, maybe not have landed, but it allowed Florida State to really be in those top fives, top threes, even be a top two option. Might have been the number two option for some of these guys that in years past that was never that wasn't the case. That just wasn't the case. Florida State has done a really good job of building these relationships and it's starting off one-on-one with coaches, but then going over to family and talking with them. And, you know, it's a nonstop kind of visit process with Norvell and the staff and they do a really good job with that. And that's because they've built this off field staff. And you think that's really what's helping them too, Dustin with 
building the off field. You've got Corey Fuller too. So, you know, I know he's been very hands-on with recruiting too, and he has a really good high pedigree. I mean, what, you know, legend here in Tallahassee, what he does on the field for Florida state, his coaching pedigree pedigree and what he did with Godby also Gadsden, you know, that's a guy that, you know, just knows the ends is out ends and outs of high school kids. Cause he loves coaching them. You know, that was a really hard, decision for him to leave you know coaching and come to Florida State and you know we, we got to talk to him a few times and that was that was tough for him but you know I, I feel like the off-field moves that Norvell has made has really gone into recruiting yeah I definitely think you know beefing up the off-field staff that helps but really the majority of these coaches they they do their job and beyond when it comes to recruiting I mean you look at uh obviously Norvell I mean Norvell kills it whenever he gets a kid and his family in front of him in his office and coach Atkins as well. Coach Bartow ha- has those connections and you, you really see it. The whole staff, they, they coordinate very well with each other. It's very seamless out there, very natural when they're going up and having, you know, 10 or 15 coaches all walk up to one family to greet them all. You know, you, you would think sometimes those situations could be a little awkward, but it's, it's all smiles out there. It's all, you know, just, just low key. And um, it, it just feels natural and comfortable. You know, th- this is what these guys do. And, and I've said it before, you know, wh- this coaching staff, not only have they been succeeding at, at getting talented guys on campus, but when they do have them here in Tallahassee, they're maximizing on those opportunities. I mean, you, lo- you look at what they did with Will, with Will Norman. This was a guy who kind of came on a courtesy visit to Florida State. And then he was so impressed on day one that he canceled a visit to LSU and stayed for two more days. And now Florida State's mm-hmm. a legitimate contender in his recruitment. They're in his top five. So it really just shows you when they do get these guys here, when they get to sit down with them in person and, and really share their message for them and, and you know what they believe in, it really clicks with those recruits. And that's something Norvell's done the last two years. I mean, Florida State, they won the offseason last year. They had a terrific recruiting class going into the fall, and they started off 0-4. So I think Florida State, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to have a really good offseason, and it's can you carry that momentum onto the football field in August and September, get off to a good start, get your program to a bowl game, show that you're making those steps, uh, you know, those progressions, those steps toward getting Florida State back to where it was. That's when guys are really going to be looking to jump on that bus. Yep. So uh, if you guys are looking for coverage, both Dustin and Nate will be giving it to you guys this upcoming weekend. I know Dustin will be in town. Nate will be sadly uh, down there in Bradenton, but still overall, the guys will give you guys the latest and get reactions from the spring game. I know we'll probably have a piece out there reacting from that. And so who knows? And hopefully we'll have some coverage there. Maybe someone will pop. Maybe two people will pop. We'll see um, if the vibes are right. So uh, we'll, we'll give you guys the latest on that D Lou, right? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, keep it, keep it, maybe keep People it might be happy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, before we jump into some basketball here, I just want to let you guys know if you're on YouTube right now, smack the like button. Also hit that subscribe button because we have a lot of content coming for you guys. Even when spring camp ends, we still keep the show rolling and we'll most likely this is our time to have on. A lot of special guests during the off season, so that's why I say hit the subscribe button now. You never know whose face. Maybe Leroy Butler will be on here this off season. Since I guess I'm just spell, spilling lies to everybody. 
um, and saying that he was already on here. But yeah, make sure you hit the like button too. I'd definitely appreciate it. It's free and it's pretty quick and easy, I think. So if you hit the like button, it'll go to more FSU fans to come hang out with us and chat in the YouTube. So then we can have more arguments about who's going to be the starting wide receiver group. And then uh, subscribe. So then you get notified whenever we have Leroy Butler on or Deion Sanders on again, because I think we definitely need to have Dion in again because the fans really, really want that. They, they really want that badly. I'm just kidding, by the way. I'm being sarcastic. VZ. VZ, 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 VZ. You're getting us some views on the side today from basketball. You're saving us. You're saving us. Who would have ever thought? Who would have Welcome ever to the conversation, man. How was your nap? Well, as, as, of, as of about three hours ago, there's nothing to talk about basketball-wise. So, you know, it's been... It's been an eventful couple hours, to, yeah. to say the least. Where do even, you, like, even as we're sitting here, I'm, there's more stuff coming out, so you know. Uh-oh, what, what did we have? You should have broken up Dustin. It, was, it, was, it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, Tony Douglas is now an FSU Hall of Famer, long overdue. Wow. Okay. Shout, out, nice. shout out Tony Douglas, one of the one of the legends of Florida State basketball. Joins yep. Coach Hamilton, who's also announced today. Um, but the biggest news of the day, uh, Coach Charlton Young. AKA CY is joining Dennis Gates in Missouri. Um, to say it came as a surprise is understating it. I saw that. I saw that text pop up in our group chat. And I'm like, wow, just wow. Um, you talk about someone that's the backbone of a program, you know, someone that lives and breathes Florida state basketball. That's, that's CY. I mean, he coined the phrase new blood as well as other nicknames in that pro- program, like Terradome and Jurassic park. And, Whatever else phrase you've heard from Florida State. What is Terradome? Um, how do I describe Terradome? Uh, it started, I think it was the 17-18 season. It was, that was just a team full of athletes. I mean, it was, it was Ike, it was Kamaji, it was... Yeah, whatever, Tom. Tom was just a whole, sorry, was, Tom said, does a guy on the bottom yeah. ever talk? No, VZ's here for basketball mainly. He will chime in when football season starts, but definitely not recruiting. But, yeah, sorry, yeah. I just had to bring that up no, for the podcast listeners that are listening. It's whatever. It's whatever. Um, but, yeah, the Terra Dome started in 1718 when you just had a team full of athletes that just were long, athletic, defended like hell. Um, and CY started this phrase of welcome to the Terra Dome. Um, just start bringing fear into these guys' eyes and, you know, we didn't for that year. We didn't see it till the end of the end of the year in the postseason. But once they got going defensively, that was a really damn good team. Um, yes, yeah, CY is a huge loss. I mean, the best recruiter on the staff. I mean, you look at guys who are in the NBA right now. Malik Beasley was recruited by by CY. Uh, MJ Walker, Pat Williams, um, Dwayne Bacon, Matthew Cleveland. I mean, this this guy's list is impressive. Guys he's brought in, and he's also one of the best. Just talent evaluators i mean he he found devin vassell who was no name three star out of small town georgia and got him to florida state was his only big offer and vassell was in the nba in two years um cy can recruit the atlanta area like no one else really the southeast like no one else um and to lose him is a huge loss really really huge loss that is major loss biggest thing for me as i think his connection and you have a way better you know, feel on this is, is just his relationships with players. I just see it at games and where they're covering them. I mean, the players absolutely love them. And I feel like that's a major hit on the player's side of things. For sure. I mean, he has a close relationship with 
everybody, not just guys they recruited, but every player loves him. Every player that's come in contact with him loves him. Every manager that's come into contact with him loves him. Just a super high energy, get in your face kind of coach, but it's the good kind of get in your face coach. Like he's always jumping up and down. Like if you're watching him on the sideline, he is yeah. screaming, stopping, standing, yelling. It's just what he does. And it, it's, I was around it for three years. I've got so many stories. I'll probably share a couple here in a second, but CY is one of the one greatest, um, one of the greatest assistant coaches in the country. And, you know, you know, obviously we're looking at this from a Florida state angle, but from a, from a CY angle, I'm super happy for him. Gets a nice little pay raise to go, go with his buddy, coach Gates in Missouri. Um, and I know he's going to do a fantastic job there. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard to understate. I mean, just how big this loss is, you know, Austin, you mentioned how, how big he's been on the recruiting trail for Florida state his connections uh, with the players down in the program and really just the energy he brings. You know, I, I really felt like he brought a lot to that coaching staff, maybe a little underrated, but got into, into the spotlight a little bit more whenever Dennis Gates left, I thought. And and now Florida State fans are really going to appreciate what they had. And you've still got Stan Jones and, and – um, What's his name? Steve, Coach Steve Young. Yeah. Coach Steve, Steve Smith. Smith. <laughs> Steve Young. <laughs> I'm messing up names. Steve Smith coming back. But Steve Young's you know, here. Austin, I, I know oh, you're kind of you're you know, you have got your connections and everything, and you're also paying attention to to what's going on on social media with some of these college basketball insiders. So just what what kind of direction do you think Florida State could go to try and replace this loss of Coach CY? I, I'll expect uh Coach Smith to at least get a pay raise. Um, if he stays in Tallahassee, because I know him and CY were close. They they worked together at Georgia Southern. Then once Coach Smith was like, oh, of Clemson, um, CY was a, was a big reason why he came to Tallahassee. Um, so if he stays on staff, staff, he'll probably get a pay raise. Um, right now, the name that they're looking at is Boise State's, what is it, RJ? Yeah, RJ Barsh, um, which for most people is like, who the hell is this? Yeah. Um, he was the head coach at an NAI school called Southeastern, which is in Lakeland. Um, did a great job there. Um, I believe they won a championship, at least a conference championship there. Um, so he's got Southeast ties. He's been head coach at community colleges, high schools. Um, then this past year was an assistant at Boise State, who was a team that made the tournament. It was really good in the Mountain West. Um, was was a, at least part of the reason why Boise State landed their highest rated recruit ever. I'm not saying he is a great recruiter because we just haven't really seen it but he's known as a really great developer, which is something Hamilton prides more than anything. Um, because before these you know, last five, six years, they weren't known for landing the high recruits or really even being in the recruitments. They've always been known as people that can develop and, and find those diamonds in the rough. So he's a very good coach on that front. Um, if for some reason that falls apart, you know, there's, there's plenty of guys out there that have Florida state ties. Like I would love for them to go back after Michael fly. Um, who's the head coach of Florida Gulf Coast for the last few years before he ended up getting let go. Um, th there's plenty of former Florida State grad assistants that are assistant coaches like at Army and Cleveland State, um, Auburn. Th th there's a video coordinator for Auburn who was at FSU for a while. So th there's plenty of guys they can reach out to, and I don't expect this to stay open long, but tough shoes to fill. I mean, because there are very few people that can match CY's energy. Love Coach Jones. I mean, that's that's – one of the greatest coaches you can be around, but you also need a guy like CY who's just loosey goosey, mm -hmm. makes everybody laugh. You just you need one of those kind of coaches too. Yeah, him and him and Gates are gonna form a nice little staff up there at Missouri, it seems like. 
shout out that paycheck. Three years, one point eight million. It's not not too shabby. And because you have to keep in mind, like this, okay, this isn't yeah. like he just like he got the first offer. He, he he took and ran with it. I mean, he turned down Illinois last year. I know he's turned down LSU and Auburn in the past. I believe he even turned down Georgia this off season. Um, it's not like he just took the money and ran. Like, yeah, he really thought about it. You know, do you think he's expecting something soon out of Leonard? Do you think like, I don't know. Do you think like something's there's got to be a game plan here because I this. I feel like Leonard would, you know, tell him and give him the rundown of what's going on and such. And absolutely, that'd be Leonard. You know, kind of like how he's probably doing with Dennis Gates. This guy, I mean, he went up there for uh, – talking about Leonard, he went up there for Dennis Gates' introductory uh, press conference. You know, there, you know, something's got to be going here. You know, if it is Leonard Hamilton's last year, I know we were talking about it in the group chat, VZ, today. You know, if this is this next season, his last year, but would it make sense for then – you know, see why to go leave now and take that job. Why wouldn't he just stay? And then maybe if Dennis Gates ends up coming down to Florida State, you know, it's starting to get kind of confusing for him. Yeah. Right now. And we, we don't know what those buyouts look like either. And mm-hmm. who knows, really? I mean, we, we have no idea what's going to happen. We've seen some pretty big names leave Florida State recently and Coach Kikorin and, and Coach Sue Semrau, um, two legend, two legend their respective sports at Florida State. And, you know, this new athletic administration has their vision and they want to stick to it. Is Hamilton a part of that? I don't think any of us really know the answer to that. Um, and I don't think we will for at least a little while because Hamilton's also not a yes man. He's not going to be told what to do. Um, we'll see. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot to get figured out here. Um, I, I don't think I'd be surprised either way with, with what happens to Ham. But just speaking from the, the Gates and CY part of it, I, that bio's probably going to be pretty tough if they try and get after it after one year, it's, it's not that logical. And even further, Austin, just in your opinion, how, how does this kind of impact the roster with coach CY moving on? You know, we've talked about him being a player's coach, obviously for say they're doing some retooling over this offseason, bringing in a right now, at least a, a significant number of high school prospects and maybe some transfers as well to combine with the guys from last year. So, does this impact anyone that that's currently on the roster or even someone committed to Florida State with, with him deciding to move on? The, the couple of big names to watch out would probably be Matthew Cleveland, who's obviously a Georgia guy. Um, you know, part of that Atlanta area that that CY is a really a menace recruiting in. Um, but I also know Cleveland loves Florida State. I, I don't think he wants to leave Tallahassee. The other one's Cameron Fletcher. Um, th- there's there's just a lot of connections here. Obviously, him and CY are close. You know. Fletcher's from the state of Missouri. He's from St. Louis. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he originally went to an SEC school in Kentucky. So, you know, maybe, maybe he follows CY there. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Um, as far as recruits that are signed, I, I was looking through it today. I don't think there's anyone that was like, like CY was for sure the lead recruiter on. Um, I, I know a couple of recruits were a little bit surprised, which I think everyone was. Um, but, but for the most part, like, Jeremiah Bembry was was a Coach Jones guy. I'm pretty sure Corin was a Coach Jones guy. Um, Julian Phillips, who they're going after, that's a, that's a Coach Smith guy. Um, so I, I think the only one might be Deontay Green, um, just because it's a North Carolina guy. You know, mm-hmm. CY's had good success there in North Carolina as well. Um, but I know Jones had his hands all over that recruitment as well. So who knows, really? It, it's... It's definitely going to be interesting. I think I think Fletcher's going to be the biggest one to keep an eye on uh, over these next couple of weeks to see what he's what he does. 
Yeah, all I know is Florida State basketball is going to look a, a heck of a lot different than heck of a, lot different. a couple of months ago. I heck mean, of a lot. Different. We flipped roster, at least one new coach. Man. And then we didn't even mention earlier, too, not to go really off topic here, but too earlier this uh, week, I believe it was Anthony Polite. No shocker here, but ended up, you know, not going to use his last year of eligibility and is going to go forego and try to get into the NBA draft. Yeah, not, not a surprise at all. If, if anyone's kept up with, you know, the Discord and, and the couple of articles I've put out about offseason and what I expect and really what I put on Twitter as well, I, I didn't expect Polite back. Um, you know, he's already, what, 24 years old spent five years in college. Does he really want a sixth on a team that's going to be super young? I, I don't blame him. You know, at this point, go back overseas, go home, go back to Switzerland and go get paid playing basketball because he's, he's going to have a very long overseas career, a very long overseas career. Mm-hmm. Switzerland doesn't sound too bad, I will say. <laughs> doesn't Switzerland have some babes too? I don't know. Do you, <laughs> do you have analysis on that for us too, VZ? He's got his girlfriend, so I don't know. Oh, well, there goes. I mean, I was kind of <laughs> just more worried about me, but <laughs> I was starting to wonder, trying to figure out my summer trip plans, you know, to see what I got. Um, but yeah, wow. I mean, this is going to continue to be a conversation we'll talk about all throughout the offseason, though, easy because it's going to maybe not go deep into recruiting nonetheless, but I mean, this is a big time loss on Florida State's staff. It'd be like almost trying to think of it in like a it'd be like, like if i left leaving. the podcast no well um <laughs> like odell hagan's leaving yeah I, I think i think odell's a good comparison. maybe not so, that magnitude of course it's football yes we get it don't yeah. go crazy in the chat but of that of a long time guy that's you know tied to a program kind of yeah i feel yeah Kind of close to it. I mean, I don't have much more to go off of, so I'm just going to use Odell. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. I think that what the people always see, the recruiting side of it, people don't see the coaching side of it. Because, I mean, they see him on the sidelines, obviously, but I've been in film meetings and mm-hmm. practices and so on and so forth with CY. I'll tell a couple of stories. My, my favorite one was when we were at Rutgers and we're, we're going into film, and he, he pulls these boxing gloves out of his backpack. I'm like, what is going on? He takes off his jacket, so it's just it's just him and a white beater puts on boxing gloves and then takes out another pair and throws them at CJ Walker. And he's like, Are you ready for a fight? Because Rutgers is gonna want to fight. It starts <laughs> swinging at CJ, obviously playfully. Yeah. But it got the whole team riled up. And that game was a fight. I don't know if anyone remembers that game. That was a tough mm-hmm. physical game in the rack center. Um wow. that's hilarious. But it was it was so funny. The whole staff was dying. I remember looking at one of the other GDs going, I had no idea he was doing this. No one knew how he had boxing gloves in his backpack. Yeah, two, two pairs of boxing gloves. Um, and then my other favorite is that same season, um, oddly enough, just two weeks before that, um, going down to play Florida, who was you know five in the country. We were unranked. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting at the, the scores table like I always do uh, on clock, and he's sitting right in front of me. He leans over and goes, you ready for this, VZ? I'm going down there and whoop their ass. Just and then, and then stood up, said it to the whole team, and sure enough, we went down there and smoked them, and just absolutely wiped the floor with them. And I remember just I remember that locker room after one just going nuts. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm yeah. pretty sure there's still videos up there of him being sprayed with water bottles, even in the yeah. tournament that year. Just everybody loves Cy and his energy, and you know, he he always had his phrases like you're gonna think I'm a psychic. That it really started that season with that Florida game. You know, you're going to think I'm a psychic. We're going to go down and whip their ass. And sure enough, we did. 
Wow, now that's hilarious. He might be. He might be a wizard. He might be a wizard after all. Florida State might have lost a wizard for Florida State's basketball team. It's going to be tough. I'm looking forward to seeing his statement too. Most likely tomorrow, I would think. Um, yeah, definitely tough. Tough for that football. God, basketball program. <laughs> tough for the Come basketball on, program. <laughs> tough, yeah, tough for the football program. At least Steve Young's coming back. Yeah, at least Steve Young's coming back. <laughs> we're, we're all over the place. I've said too many names tonight. I'm all. I know. Up. Now, now the only one we're waiting on is Malika Osborne. Yeah. Um, I, I know you're talking about Anthony Applied earlier, but still, that's the last one we're waiting on. You know, obviously the the freshmen still have to decide if they want to they want to transfer to the NBA like Butler and Worley. Um, just everything I've heard, they should be coming back, but. Malik Osborne's the, the the big secret right now, I guess, is what people are calling it. Um, you know, for a while there, I thought he might come back, but now that CY's out, I don't know. I, I really do not know. It's it's one fun. of those that if he comes back, it'd be a huge, huge benefit to the team that's going to need some leadership, especially with, with CY gone, someone's been there for a while. But I don't know. I really do not know. It, it's going to be something to watch for for this I don't think we hear anything until next week. Um, just because from the conversations I've had from him, he said he wasn't going to decide until he was done recovering, which he should be getting around there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and it, it would be monumental, I mean, to, to have him come back and pair him with what with the flashes you got to see from John Butler and and also Naheem McLeod and some of those, some of those guys that, that could be coming in from the high school class or the transfer portal. So – I mean that that right there gives you a nice little three big lineup that Forest State can work with, and hopefully they can assimilate some guys in behind them if Malik does decide to return. It'd be big if he could, if they get if they could get him back for one more year. That'd be huge because I, I know he's gonna be pissed if he has to leave Florida State like this. You know, it was amazing up until January first when he hurt his ankle. I mean, one of the best players in the in the conference hurts his ankle, doesn't have the same athleticism, doesn't have the same lift. You know, you can tell he's really really struggling. The team's struggling. He doesn't want his Florida State career to go out like that. He wants to be remembered for, you know, the 1920 season when they're one of the four best teams in the country or winning an ACC title. That's what he wants to be remembered for. He doesn't want to be remembered for, you know, what were we, what were we this year, 19 and 15 or whatever it was? He doesn't want to be remembered for that. To keep a close eye on him. Yeah, having a full healthy Malik Osborne would be very, very nice. Feel a little bit more comfortable heading into that 2022-2023 season for sure. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up everything for this evening. This was about close to a two-hour pod. I kind of expected with a lot of stuff to talk about this evening. So I think that's going to do it. We have a big-time weekend ahead. Uh, we've got Florida State's uh, spring game. There's a lot of recruiting going on, but we'll be in attendance for the spring game all day Saturday and do plan on doing an instant reaction pod sometime around Sunday, getting that to you guys so you can get our thoughts if you care about our thoughts on it. I know some of y'all might, but some of you might not even give a damn. But we'll be giving y'all an instant reaction to Florida State's and Mike Ravel's third uh, spring game. Uh, like we said, it'll be offense That's first. False, game. but yeah. Fourth one? Florida State did not have a spring game in 2020 because I, practice was canceled. So this is his second spring game. It's, it's, you know how it is. You know how it is. It's third year. It's kind of, I don't know what you call yeah, it. Yeah, we also knew COVID was a thing. Come on now. We're still going to They had four spring practices, bro. I think, I think it was COVID that got to me and my brain is kind of broken. I don't know what it is. 
It might be that. Hopefully, I can get Dustin sick. You're, I've been you're, sick the all week, so of, you're the COVID of my life. Oh, <laughs> that's that so mean? sweet. <laughs> means he's just a, you. he's a plague. <laughs> Golly. Jesus. But anyways, we'll be there Saturday, full coverage. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to all of our socials. We'll give you guys the latest on that, and we'll do an instant reaction on Sunday. As always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button before you hop out of here. Subscribe. If you're in town on Saturday, safe travels. If you're traveling, safe travels tomorrow and Saturday. Um, if you ever see us out there, if you see us walking around, please say hi. Definitely if you see Dustin, trip him um, or flip if him see, off. If you see Logan, let him know he's short. Not at all. Not at all. I'm going to wear my uh, the shoes that make me taller, too. So then nobody This, this man in our group chat on my birthday on Sunday said, just remember I'm taller than you. I said, what? well, I said, happy birthday. I said, happy birthday yeah. first. Yeah. Happy but birthday. you still said, remember that I am taller and that is not true whatsoever. Well, what, what did Austin say? Or not? What, what did uh, Nate say? I, I don't remember. No, I, I, nice. I, don't, I don't think Nate said anything. I thought it was some basketball related. It was definitely. Probably. I'll, yes. I'll see if I can find it real quick. It was. Uh, but yeah, if you do see us, definitely don't be shy. Come say what's up. Uh, before we head into uh, the stadium to go cover what should be a really, I think, really entertaining spring game. Uh, a lot of storylines going into this one. So, and the weather looks incredible. So, looking forward to having uh, a fun weekend in Tallahassee. VZ, are you finding Nate's quote? I'm from almost there. His happy birthday text. I'm if you can't make there. it, if you can't make it on Saturday, I believe it's on ACC Network. Is that correct? It should. Yes. Be. Yeah. ACC Network at five o'clock. Yeah. Yep. Should be there. Oh yeah. He's, Nate said. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go ahead, and say it. It don't matter. I'm, I'm trying to. Can... To be fair, there's like six typos, so I'm like trying to like. Well, let's um, go through it in my head. Yeah, basically all he said was, uh, "Hopefully, FSU can again be an NIT team one day." <laughs> uh, At least which, make it to an NIT. Yeah, which you know I felt was on call for. So it, I, was I for your it was. I, I, I wouldn't say, "Hey, I hope Florida State football can get back to the Emerald Bowl one day." Like I wouldn't say that. <laughs> the toilet yeah, bowl. Those comments from from Logan and Nate, and I'm pretty sure I just said, "Happy birthday." <laughs> Yeah, you said, you said I don't know why these guys are so disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, Dustin has said multiple bad things about basketball too. So what? What have he I? He's just playing. He's just playing along with Nate's joke. He's not. He's, he's not yeah. Really well, Dustin was trying to act like he's never said anything in his life ever. He was trying to act innocent. You don't let him act innocent, VZ. Don't let him get away with that. No, I know. Uh, trust me, I know. Actually, call him out. Uh, gentlemen, ladies, thanks so much for watching. We'll talk to you guys uh, Sunday when we do our instant reaction podcast to Florida State's spring game Saturday. Enjoy the weekend. Safe travels to Tallahassee. We will see you in the A5L this weekend. Bye.